Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Today on the podcast, we have myself, Alicia Vandevan, and Polly Price in the booth talking about how to talk to your kids about money. And this is something that's relevant for us, given that we have kids. Um, And also, we are children of parents. And the conversation (laughs) that you need to have with your kids doesn't stop when they become adults. Um, so I think we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, having conversations with younger children, but then also how that conversation shifts and changes as those children become adults and then how that impacts inheritance and estate planning and all of that. Yeah. And I think selfishly, this is kind of a good podcast for myself just because, and Alicia and I talked about this right before we started recording, I have a two and a half year old um, child, and so I'm not very deep into the like having financial conversations with your kid yet. Um, the other day, she was in front of my laptop and was playing with my wallet for some reason. Took like a credit card out of my wallet and like tried to stick it into my <laughs> laptop and was like pretending to pay for something. And I was like, okay, so you don't understand what paying for things is, but you know that like. Every time we go to a store, we have to stop and pay. And so that's a, another subject, but it was cute. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have a very young kid, um, but all this stuff is very important to me because obviously the line of work we're in, you know, I want my, I want her to have, you know, a good understanding of her financial situation and how to take care of herself and, you know, the values around that and what it means. Um, so... Starting at a young age is important. Maybe two and a half is like maybe a little little. But um, Alicia, you have older kids. They are twelve, 12. and twin nine year olds. Yeah. So yes, we are very much. You know, they get an allowance. You know, when they get gift cards for their birthday, you know, I'll take them to the store. We talk about how much they have to spend. Um, and it's interesting too because my kids all approach it very differently. Um, you know, my son is more of a saver. He very much understands the concept of, well, I don't want that thing that bad. And I'm going to save my money for something that might be bigger, more expensive, something that I might want more down the line where one of my girls, she sees something shiny and she wants to go buy it. And then is sad when all of her money is gone. Um, however, I think that's part of the lesson, right? Is, she sees, well, I spent all my money and now there's this other thing that I want and now maybe she has a regret and it's better to learn that at age nine um, than when you're an adult and the the consequences of some of those spending choices are a lot bigger than, oh, now I can't buy that cute sparkly headband that I wanted. So, um, and then my other daughter is probably somewhere in the middle. She's She's careful about how she spends her money, but she's she's not afraid to to use it when she sees something that she wants. but it's been it's been interesting, you know, in preparation for this podcast, we read a couple of articles about, you know, having conversations with your kids around money. And one of them, and I feel like this is a question that a lot of parents probably get, and it's a question that I, I've gotten, in, and honestly, at the time, I didn't know how to handle it, is the are we rich? Mm-hmm. Because, boy, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. And I really liked how the article handled it. Because the article was basically like, we'll turn it around to your kids and say, well, what do you think being rich means? Mm-hmm. 
And now you're opening up a dialogue about maybe it's not just a dollar value. Maybe you're rich in the terms of we have a lot of family. We have a lot of love in our life. We have opportunities. We're healthy. Um, you know, what is it? What does it mean to be rich? So it's having that conversation instead of just lecturing your kids on money. You know, it's really engaging them and getting them to think critically about some of these concepts. So it's interesting that you talk about that question specifically because I think I feel like and we've we talked about this again earlier too that um, this is a topic and especially like with younger kids, especially nowadays when they have access to the internet, uh, kids are naturally curious. They're going to figure things out on their own. And I say figure things out in air quotes because they think they're figuring things out. They have an idea of what they're talking about, which is, you know, could be completely wrong or completely one-sided or whatnot, um, or just not fully know all the information. Um, So kids can learn about what does being rich mean at school. They can learn about it with their friends and have that picture of what that means. And so having that open conversation, like you said, with your kids about like, let's turn that around and like keep asking questions, keep the conversation open about it, I think is really important because your kid is going to have a preconceived notion of things going into it. And you don't want to be like, no, you're wrong. Like (laughs) you want to be able to tell them, okay, well, you know, that's an interesting perspective. Let's, you know, talk about it in different ways. Um, Do you think that those questions that your kids have asked about, you know, are we rich or are we whatever, whatever they ask, um, those, it sounds like those are conversations that not, or those are questions that you guys are, you know, open to talking about having a conversation around family finances. I'm assuming that's something that you are like, that's a value in your household of having those conversations, not so that your kids aren't scared of the conversations in their right, Right. Because if they don't get the answers from their parents, they're going to get those answers somewhere. Right. And you may not necessarily like or agree with the answers that they get elsewhere. And, and you know, money is seen as a taboo topic by a lot of folks. People don't want to talk about it. You know, same with, like, sex, religion, politics. <laughs> but as with any of those topics, if you don't have that conversation with their kids, somebody else is going to. Um, so when you have that conversation, you're able to try to share your views on the subject, your values, and, you know, sort of guide that learning where if you just don't have it, they're going to go find that somewhere. And that could be the Internet. That could be school. You know, who knows where that's coming from. Um, and they're still probably going to go to those sources as well. Like you will not be their only source of information. Um, but for my kids, I'd at least like to have a voice um, in helping them learn about some of those taboo topics. And also, the more we talk about it, the less taboo it becomes. Um and I think the the one other thing that I read, it was pointing out the difference between secrecy and privacy. You can yeah, say, I that too. I yeah, that you, can, you can say, you know, this is something that's like private within our family. You know, we don't go to school and talk about how much money we have or how much money we make. But within the family, this is something that we can talk about. And it's not a secret, but it's something that's private. Um, and so helping kids understand the difference between those two things. You know, because secrets are bad, right? You know, we talk about the difference between secrets and surprises. And I think the difference between secrets and privacy, especially as kids get older and they can understand the difference between those two things, is also an important conversation. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I very much, as hard as those conversations are, I think they're very important. Right, because I imagine you're, like, as much as, it's like any talking about anything with kids. Like, you 
you have the conversation and like five minutes later you're like shoot did I say that wrong or I probably completely messed up what I was trying to say but like that's the point of of normalizing the conversation is that it's not a one and done conversation you're going to keep having these questions come up you're going to keep having these teaching moments and learning moments for yourself and your kids right yeah um and to that learning moment point I think that um it kind of helps you internalize and, and look at yourself and how you view the concept and how you think about money, um, whether it be how you were raised, um, were you given a great education about finances as a young kid, or were you, you know, kept in the dark about it? Was it the scary, you know, topic that you didn't even want to talk about until you realized, like, oh, shoot, I really have to talk about this because I have to learn about it for myself, which... Personally, I fall more on the ladder <laughs> of that spectrum. I think we've talked about this before. You probably do as well. Um, but I think that's, and that was another point in this article that we that we read, that you have to kind of be clear on where your preconceived notions of the topic are before you can flip that and, like, educate your kids um, on how you think, like, on how – you want them to learn about the topic of, of money and your family's finances. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The, the idea of, you know, money scripts, um, which is something that, you know, Dr. Brad Klontz kind of coined that term, but your, how you grew up with money, how your parents viewed money, how you view money. These are all money scripts in our head about, Oh, uh, money equals power or money equals love. You know, maybe growing up, um, how much money you were given for holidays or whatever was, was tied. That's how your parents showed love for you. Um, so for you, money may have these other attachments that it may not have for other people. And so understanding those things about yourself and deciding, well, do I want to have my kids view that in the same way? Or maybe there's something, there's you have a weird relationship with money and you don't want your kids to have that same relationship. Um, so understanding kind of your own biases towards money or your own strengths and weaknesses when it comes to money can help you kind of change the way maybe your kids see it. Um, but also like starting those conversations early, once they become an adult, they, they have to know some of those things. Right. And then they're going to maybe be stuck learning them on their own. Um, and also having those conversations early on helps when you get to the point of, well, now your children are adults, they're having to handle their own money, but also maybe as you get older, something happens to you. You become incapacitated. You, um, a sp- your spouse, you or your spouse pass away. And now your children are having to <coughs> deal with your financial situation maybe before you were ready. And if you don't have these conversations, your kids may be coming into a situation where they don't know kind of what they're dealing with or how to handle it. So then how do you kind of, put that into like reality when you are let's say you know you've done everything you can in your power to have your kids have a healthy relationship with money but then when it comes down to like the nitty-gritty um what are some pointers or like some things that you you know would recommend with older kids let's say like you know college age you know maybe after college when they're having you know legitimate questions about like what to do with their income you know how to how to allocate their income um 
what are some things you would want them to know in their yeah. early years? No, I mean, I feel like when kids are younger, it's more about education, right? You're trying to teach them the concept of budgeting, the concept of saving for the future, the concept of maybe giving to charity if they're fortunate. You're trying to instill values and show them how how they view and spend money can align with what their values are. Because um, sometimes there's not really a right or a wrong answer on like, oh, should I spend money on this? It's there's it's not a yes or no. It's a well, is that a thing that's important to you? Um, so it, it's helping them spend money in ways that reflects their values. Um, and as but as they become adults, you know, hopefully that that knowledge piece of it is there because you've been having these conversations and you've been educating them on the best ways to do all these things. But then as they become adults, you want to start sharing more personal financial information um, about your own family situation. Um, and this gets more important as, as people get older, both as the children and as the adults get older, so that you know if you are naming your children as beneficiaries on your accounts, you want your kids to understand what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, or if something does happen to you, well, how... How does your kid step in and make sure that all your bills are getting paid? Do they know where your accounts are? Do they know what's in them? Um, Do they know your financial situation, insurance policies, things like that? Um, So in some cases, you're kind of covering your own situation by sharing this information with your kids. It's, It's surprising to me, you know, when clients come in and they're nearing retirement And we're talking about, you know, okay, you have your 401k account, you have your other accounts here, social security income, um, and there's a gap and they say, you know, well, my parents have some money and so I'm expecting some inheritance. Okay, great. How much and when is that coming? So first of all, you don't know when your parents are going to die. And so if you're coming on an inheritance, but you don't know when or how much that is because your parents have kept it as this black box it it's really hard for kids to then make a plan. And in this case, sometimes I've seen kids who are 60 years old, whose parents are still alive, they're wanting to retire. And part of their retirement plan is this inheritance, but they have no idea what that looks like. Is that $50,000 or is it $500,000? You know, um, and so having those conversations with your kids are going to help them plan for their own lives. That's a great point because as you're talking, I was thinking like it doesn't matter what situation your parents necessarily are in as as the kid, whatever you end up having to, lack of a better term, deal with, you know, after they pass or after, you know, maybe they need to go to, a, you know, assisted living facility, something like that, you're going to be faced with those topics, right? You're going to be faced with that what does long-term care look like for you? What does your retirement look like? How are you going to um, help your parent in this part of their life? But then it would be so hard not to self-reflect in that time and take a look at yourself and your own situation. So having those conversations you know, throughout life, but obviously when there's like actual more things at stake when the kid's older and you know, it probably makes a bigger impact, hopefully makes a bigger impact in their um, understanding and their future selves, um, that it, it's really important to, you know, even if your parents don't have everything streamlined for you to deal with, that 
then as a kid, you can take that and look at your situation and make sure that, you know, things are where they should be. So that's part of the education piece. Even if it's like a lack of, that's going to be part of it, right? Oh, absolutely. Hopefully that, you know, for your kids, if they have kids, like their future generations will, you know, have a a keep, you know, incrementally getting better with how they deal with their their family. No, and we've had clients come in who are dealing with the fallout of the passing of their parents and are saying, as soon as I get done dealing with my parents' estate, I'm fixing mine so my kids don't have to go through this. Yeah. Um, And so they are learning these lessons the hard way Mm -hmm. because their parents maybe didn't have those conversations with them or they didn't have a good estate plan. And now they're spending sometimes years Mm -hmm. figuring out all of these moving pieces and they don't want to put their kids through the same thing. Um, And it can also be the flip side. If there's an inheritance, great. But also maybe you have a parent and who maybe doesn't have a lot of assets. And now as a child, are you sitting there wondering, and again, child can mean, you know, somebody nearing retirement age at this point. Okay, in, in, in my retirement, and am I going to have to help take care of my aging parent? If I'm a 65-year-old in retirement and my mom is approaching 90, am I having to pay for her to be in a nursing home? Is she moving in with me and I'm having to give her care and suddenly my retirement involves you know, caring for my elderly mother. And if that's the case, fine, but you don't want that to be a surprise. Um, you don't, you don't want to suddenly realize that your parents are out of assets and now you're having to help pay for nursing care for them or for health care for them or, or whatever the costs are. Um, that's something that if you know that's coming down the line, you can help your parents prepare for it or you, can, you yourself can prepare knowing, hey, if I would have known that, maybe I would have worked for a few more years and maybe not retired so early. But if your parents aren't having those conversations with you and suddenly they are out of money, and and that can be embarrassing, right? You don't want to go to your kids and ask for money. You don't want to go to your kids and say, hey, I can't afford to pay my bills anymore or end up being a burden on them. Um, It can be hard to have those conversations. um, But I think that... However hard it is to have that conversation, it's a lot harder when suddenly you're dumped into that situation and now you're being forced to have the conversation. Um, so I don't know in your in your experience, you know, I mean, and you know, we're in our thirties. Um, have you had that conversation with your parents? Like, do you have an idea of as they get older, like what that looks like for them? No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's part, like that's, that's the problem. Yeah, like, research, you're researching this. Just this topic is like. It's not necessarily stressful. Well, it is stressful in a way because it's like, yeah, like I look, I think about it in terms of like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, when my, you know, luckily my parents are both still living, you know, and they're, I I don't know what it's going to look like when, you know, they're at the point of do they need to move to an assisted living facility? What's that going to look like? Um, But I will say that it has 100% convinced both my husband and I that for our daughter, we are going to set her up. Like, I think that the biggest gift, not the biggest gift I can give her, um, but one of the biggest gifts I can give her is setting ourselves up so that she doesn't have to worry about us at all. Yeah. You know, she can put us in an assisted living facility and go travel the world, do whatever she wants. Yeah. Hopefully she'll want to hang out with me. <laughs> you know, 
we're older, but... Um, so what does that look like for you? What sort of things are you setting up to make sure that your daughter is going to be in a good position as you get older? I think part of that is, um, and I ha- we've had the conversation of like, you know, how much do we want to put towards her, um, to her 529, how much do we want to put towards her like education savings. And our bottom line is we want to make sure that we are saving for our retirement before anything else. And making sure that we're living a lifestyle that provides us the opportunity to save enough throughout time so that we can be able to fund our retirement and and beyond. Um, And, you know, a lot of this will be, okay, we'll have to have the conversation as we get older and older and, like, what does a long-term care look like for us? Are we going to, you know, downsize to a very small apartment? Are we going to, you know – figure out what that looks like when the time comes, but it's like, and have an estate plan. Like, there's no question about that. Yep. Um, And make sure that everything is, you know, all the, you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed, making sure that everything is, like, laid out for her so that, you know, there's always going to be something, but, like, that is my one of my biggest goals in life is to make sure that she is comfortable with our situation and that she doesn't have to worry about us because I know it's a, it's a stressful situation, yeah. right? And I don't think it's like, I f- and I don't. I'm curious about your opinion on this. And they talked about this article of like, um, when you have struggles, like whether they're financial or whatnot, um, in your in your like childhood upbringing, and you are like, when you're older and can reflect back on them, you kind of find like power in that almost of like, look what I overcame or look what I was able to deal with and come out, you know, on top or come out, you know, a better person. Um, so it's like you almost feel pride in those struggles. Yeah. But then absolutely. on the flip side, it's like, I don't want my daughter to have to go through those struggles. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, so how so do you balance how that? How do you balance that of like, she's already, I mean, she's already so privileged in her life. Like, yeah. There's no question about that. And she's going to be for the rest of her life. How do I ensure that the financial part of that is, you know, just how do I make sure that she is can find power in dealing with her situations, even yeah. if she's already off on a better footing than I yeah. was? No, I mean, and, and same, you know, I struggled growing up, but at the same time, I felt like it gave me power and independence, and I learned a lot from it. Um, and those skills I very much take pride in. So I was like, how do I make sure my kids have those skills without going through the struggle? And I don't know that I actually have a good answer to that question. That's that's something that I think that parents who grew up struggling and who have worked really hard and now they're not struggling anymore, they want their kids to learn those lessons, but they don't want them to struggle and trying to, to balance that out. Um, and because my kids are very privileged and sometimes they will say things that just, you know, they just, when, like when people, when they go to somebody's house that doesn't have a second story, they like make comments about it or they asked if grandpa's poor because he lives in a wooden house and it's a log cabin. So very much not, you know, (laughs) um, like laughable, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like, like their concept yeah. is just so skewed because of how they're growing up. And, you know, it's like, so do I, 
how do I compensate for that? Yeah. Um, how do I make sure to instill the values that I had growing up and the concept of money yeah. as as a scarce resource when we have plenty? Well, and here's another question too, is like back to the one one story house comment, <laughs> uh, which I live in a one story yeah. house, so I take personally, no, yeah. but like that's part of it is like, okay, so maybe they do have less money than you. Like there's no value assigned to that difference, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like just because someone lives in a different neighborhood doesn't mean there is less value in who they are because of what they don't have or what they do have. Or right? maybe they spend their money in different ways. Maybe yeah. maybe ha- living in a big house isn't important to them, mm-hmm. but they go on amazing vacations every yeah. year. Or they eat out all the time because they just they love food and they love eating out. And, don't and like cooking. I don't exactly. <laughs> or, or you may look at somebody who's going on these nice vacations. How do they afford that? Well, maybe all other areas of their lives are more frugal. Or maybe mm-hmm. there are they are you know wealthy and they have a big house and they go on yeah. amazing vacations. Yeah. Um, but trying to get trying to get kids to understand that you have choices when it comes to how you spend your money, yeah. and those those choices can reflect your values. Um, but I, I think it gets hard when you have enough money where you're not necessarily having to make the hard choices. Yeah. Um, and you know, at, one of the things that they said in the article was investing in your children. I kind of like the idea of you invest in your kids, but you also get them to invest in their in themselves. Yeah. You know, so the idea of you, you maybe you help your kids when they're, when they're a teenager and they want to buy a car, you don't, you don't just buy them a car. Maybe you buy you you buy a portion of it and you say, I'll pay for your insurance if you pay for this portion, you get a job and you get good grades and there's stipulations around that. You know, or you help your kids by giving them the down payment for their first house or a portion of it. So you're investing in your kids, but then you're also making sure that they have skin in the game, that they are also making an investment. And that can go with, you know, car, home, education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my plan is I will pay my kids tuition, but they are paying their living expenses is is my current plan as far as you know kind of college goes because I want them to have to make some of those hard choices of well I want to go out with my friends but I don't have enough money to do that okay well then you know get a job work more make those choices but I also very much want them to be able to go to whatever school they want to go to get the education that they want to get and I want to be able to give them that gift um, and so I'm hoping that that's a good balance as far as, you know, being given this education, but then also having to finance the rest of their life and make some of those choices. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I also like how it shows your kid that like, like the, that someone else believes in them too, that like you are still, you are there to support them, right? Like no matter what you want to be able to support your kids in every aspect of their life, whether it's, like, you know, sports or education or, like, legitimately just funding things. You want to show them that, like, you are loved and whatnot, but it's a matter of not tying that, like, I love you, so I'm going to pay for this for you. Yes, But, like, I'm going to support you because I believe in, like, it's just money that this is – that I'm supporting you in this. Look at all these other ways in life that I support you. Yeah. I believe that you can, you know, learn these lessons and take from that and continue to like shape 
your financial situation as you grow into adulthood. Yep. So I want to kind of go back. We talked about this like at the beginning of the podcast, but I, again, selfishly for myself, um, I want to know about how you handle allowance with kids. Because I know there are, in researching this too, I was <laughs> like, wow, allowance is a very like um, polarizing topic. It is. <laughs> and I didn't really think about it. And I'm trying to think back to like myself getting allowance. And I don't think that I... I'm sure I did, but, like, I don't really remember it. Yeah. I also, like, had a job in high school and, like, th- you know, up until yep. then. So, like, by the time I actually, like, needed money to, like, buy gas for my car or stuff like that, like, I, I was funding it with my, my essentially allowance with my, you know, with my pay for my job. Yep. So how do you manage allowance with your kids and has that changed over yeah. the years? Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um. We started, and it's, it's funny because the article was like, don't do this. And I was like, eh, you know, whatever. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, we said, well, we give you as many dollars a month as you are old. So I think it started, we started at age nine for our son, and he got $9 a month. To be fair, the article said a week, didn't it? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> a week? But then, it, that. but then it also was like, give your kids an allowance based on what you expect that allowance to pay for. And I really liked that idea because I think at the ages my kids are now, we don't, that allowance doesn't cover anything important. That's fun money. So them getting nine to $12 per month, that is, you know, when we go somewhere and they want to buy something that they don't need, that's what that money is used for. But I think that as they get older, I will increase their allowance, but I also will start to expect that that allowance starts to cover things that right now we're just paying for Mm -hmm. Um, so that they start to learn things like budgeting and making choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that you kind of have to decide your allowance based on what you expect that allowance to pay for. Is this truly just fun money? Is this just money that they can use to spend when they go out with their friends, to buy things at the store, or... At some point, is this money that is being used for gas in their car? Is this money that's being used to pay for, like, a cell phone? Um, And so you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars per month, but then that needs to pay for not only when you want to go out and do things with your friends, but it has to pay for X, Y, and Z as well. And you may not have enough money for X, Y, and Z. It might just be enough money for X and Y. Um, And starting to make those decisions. So I think as they get older, I'm going to increase their allowance but then also <laughs> expect that that allowance pays for more things. So then do you, how do you frame the topic of allowance? Like how do they get an allowance because they help with household chores? Mm-hmm. Or is it just, I think in the article it was like, which did you even mention the article was? Um, oh, like ru- the, 10 the, rules for talking to kids about money um, from Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a great article. I, um, we took a lot from this, but um, yeah, because it was really long. They really went yeah. in depth into a lot of these and topics. There's some, yeah, there's some helpful pointers in here, um, but we do not tie ours to chores. Okay, and yeah. I am very much of the mind of we're not paying you to do chores. This is very much a you are a member of the family. You live in this house. You create these dirty dishes. Yeah. You you know that is something that is your responsibility as a human person who is living in this family, right? Like that we are not paying you to do thi- to be responsible for yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, however, give my kids extra money if they do things that are sort of above and beyond that. Um, like if they do something for me or if they do something that's kind of outside of the realm of personal responsibility, 
then I will offer them money. Um, and so then they have the opportunity to earn extra money for doing chores that are sort of above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like kind of that framework of it because really the allowance, we want that to be used as a tool to teach them about money and budgeting. Um, and then it's, and it's really fascinating to watch them decide what to spend their money on. Um, and it's, I, I don't always agree. But, you know, it's like it's their money. And if my son wants to spend his money on some digital thing inside a game that is not a tangible item, that's not how I would choose to spend my money. But it's his money and that is that is his choice. And that's kind of part of it, too, is like if you're going to give your kids an allowance and let them, like, then you need to let them make those hard choices. Yeah. But you also can't rescue them. Right. If you say, you know, you're giving X amount of dollars a month and this has to pay for all of these things and they run out of money. You can't go, okay, well, no, I'm now I'm going to come in and rescue you and pay for this. Well, now they're not actually learning everything. They're learning that mom and dad will come and save them. Yeah. And they're not saying, well, next time I'll have to budget more carefully. So, well, next time, you know, I'll just ask mom for more money and she'll give it to me. <laughs> right. Um, so you have to, you know, stand firm. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I think, like, what you said is, like, exactly the point. Like, the point is – teach kids about money and how it can do things for you right or how it can do things for other people if you put you know 10 percent of that allowance has to go into the donation bucket where you know i have a friend who once a month whatever it is once a month they take that bucket and they choose a new you know organization to give the kids money to and it's been like very fruitful for their kids like it makes it's very it's very clear i love that Yeah, yeah it's awesome and their kids are like around the same ages as yours um but and if you could find like a, a child psychologist you could to argue any you know viewpoint of like what how you should frame allowance but i think the gist of it is making sure that you are helping your kid form a relationship with how they deal with their own money how you talk about finances in house making it not a scary topic yeah and then from there getting into more of the nitty gritty of you know, what exactly do your family finances look like? And here are lessons we can learn together moving forward and just knowing that your parent is there. Or, like, for my kid, you know, I want her to always know that I'm there for her as a resource in whatever questions she has. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I think starting young is important so that those conversations start young and they carry through into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So it's not a sudden, scary, awkward conversation when your kids are adults because you've never talked about this before. It's something that you've been talking about their whole life. Um, You know, so there's the financial education piece as they're young. And then as they get older, it's helping them understand the impact of your own personal family financial situation and, and kind of demystifying those taboo topics and making it easier to talk about as they as they get older for sure um I think we should come back in a few years after our kids <laughs> you know a few years older and yes. kind of figure out what you know what absolutely has worked, what hasn't. and absolutely yeah, in the meantime this is five years from now we'll, yeah. we'll revisit this yeah. we'll re we'll rewatch the podcast and we'll we'll say if yeah. there's anything <laughs> anything that we did right or wrong <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah this is a fun topic I like talking about it Yep. Alicia. Well, yeah, th- thanks for coming in and talking with me today. And that is that is it. We'll see you next time on Give Me Some Truth.
Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.